Doesn't matter the size of the boat. <sighs> matter how it floats. Can you say that one more time for me? Doesn't matter the size of the boat. Matter how it floats. I don't know if that's right. I don't know. It doesn't matter. We're but the boat's not gonna be worthless if it sinks. It's We're gonna true. cut this part out too. We'll just. Uh, oh fuck that! That's that funny. funny. <laughs> no, we'll stop. We'll stop at the. We'll stop at the part where he finishes the joke. We all laugh, and then you go back to the reading. So that part's staying in. Your joke's staying in. You're there. goddamn right. That's fucking funny. In. That was funny. <laughs> we should just edit that part out, and that should be on the top of the episodes. Like your joke's staying in. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Mason, do it. <laughs> Police are on the scene of a deadly shooting of graphic orgies of blood and violence. Mutilation, decapitation, torture. Does that sound entertaining? More blood than a blood bank. Have we got your attention? Unbelievable crime at the hands of satanic cults. Despite dozens of tips, help from federal agents, and a $40,000 reward, investigators say there are few solid leads. If you find this disturbing, just wait, because there is a whole other dimension. You are now listening to Morning Cup of Chaos. So you know how they make air conditioners? Yeah. Why don't they make air shampoos? God, I fucking hate you. <laughs> boo this man! <laughs> I swear to God, I will I boo I'm, every fucking dad joke I'm that comes so to my fucking table. That. And what's sad to say is the moment he said it, I'm like, I know it's, I know where it's going. I know exactly where this is going. He does it every fucking time. They're so goddamn predictable. <laughs> You're fucking predictable. You, know what? you come up with a dad yeah. joke. I don't need to come up with a dad joke. Dad joke I... right now. Do it. Right on the spot. Yeah. Stage, I can see that fucking brain stage working. Stage fright. Yeah. Stage fright. <laughs> What'd you say? Stage, stage fright. fright. Oh, I thought you said stage right. I was like. No. Fuck yeah. Are you exit stage right, motherfucker. Hello? Hello? <laughs> yeah. So, uh. <laughs> so, this is the. Morning Cup of Chaos. I am your fearless leader, Talon Zimmerman. <laughs> and to my left, we have... Curated dipshit, Jake. <laughs> I am Tom with the magic wand. I... And we are here talking about... <laughs> Ice cold. Ice fucking cold. Jesus Christ. Just like our fucking topic today. And I am the fearless leader, Tyler Campbell. And we have our special guest, Soup. So, today's topic... <laughs> <laughs> we are starting out strong. Emphasis on special... <laughs> So what's our topic today? The Alaskan bullworm? Yeah, Alaskan pretty, pipeline? Alaskan something. Stop he's, it. he's the uh, <laughs> Butcher Baker of Alaska. This dickhead is like, I don't know. He's like your your modern day. I want I don't want to call him fuckboy, but incel. Incel is like the best way to put it. You know, like. I think you, oh, said, going? Ch- you, think you ch- said Chad earlier. I mean, yeah, that, Chad that, is another well really good fucking word. Like, if you think about this guy, he's the guy that DMs the girl after they go through a serious breakup. He plays the friend card zone, and he's like, why aren't you going with me? I thought you were going to date me next. We've been talking. And is it's that like, how you got Steph? Yes. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Just kept bothering her until she finally said yes? Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I, uh, before we even start this episode, I definitely want to give a shout-out to Stephanie. Uh, she helped me with the last episode we did, the Unit 731. If you guys haven't checked that out, go ahead and check it out. And she also helped me with the Robert Hansen. Without this, I don't think these uh, stories would be as good as they are. She's been fucking crushing it behind the scenes. She is my wingman. So let's get into this fucked-up story of the Butcher Baker. Wingwoman. Boo. Yeah, get it right. Get it right. <sighs> Just tell the fucking story. <laughs> and onto the Alaskan bullworm. So this Chad they're talking about 
is named Robert Hansen, who is a deranged serial killer, once recognized for his baking, only to later to be recognized as the Butcher Baker. Take a seat, take a seat. He is believed to have begun killing around 1972. His method was to pick up a sex worker, force them in a, at gunpoint to his home, where he would then assault them. His next move would then to be to fly them out to a secluded area and hunt them as if they were a wild game before shooting or stabbing them. Robert was believed to have a kill count of somewhere between 17 to 21 young women, 31 plus committed rapes, and one attempted murder. When referring to Robert, many labels come to mind. An insufferable dullard of a nerd, a dork with an Elmer Fudd speech impediment, <laughs> the original... <laughs> uh, I thought you guys were fucking like that one. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> The original <laughs> incel, or better known nowadays, the quote unquote nice guy, soup. The neckbeard. The neckbeard. Ah, uh, dude, no, it's it's basically just the, the the modern day nice guy. Why aren't you with me? Because I'm so nice to you. Just and I couldn't picture it better with just like the speech impediment being like, why aren't you so nice to me? I'm the, the, the nice guy. <laughs> he's the knight in shining armor, but oh, he's in tinfoil. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I like that. That's a nice one. Absolutely. This guy's a fucking joke. He was born in Esserville, Iowa on February 15th, 1939. Represent! Right in our backyard, boys. The eldest of two children to an American mother and a Danish father, the family moved to California in 1942, but returned to Iowa in 1949, settling in Pocahontas. Growing up, Robert worked in a bakery owned by his father, Christian Hansen, this being the root of what would later be the inspiration for his headline name as the serial killer. I, I think uh, Tal and Town definitely na- nailed that one with the uh, Chris Hansen joke. That's his name. Chris Hansen, yeah, dude. <laughs> what's his What's his dad's name? Christopher? Kristen Hansen. Kristen Hansen. We're just going to call him Chris Hansen for the take rest of the Take a seat. Take a seat. Can you have a seat? Just take a seat. Just take, take a, a seat. seat. Take that seat. I right just want to say Go that California is so bad that even the Chad came back to Iowa. <laughs> Fuck California. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> In his youth, he was painfully shy, had a stutter, and severe acne that left him permanently scarred. Not receiving the attention he wanted from the attractive girls in school, Hansen grew up hating them and lived in fantasies of cruel revenge. Throughout childhood and adolescence, Hansen was described as being quiet and a loner, and he had a difficult relationship with his domineering father. He started to practice both hunting and archery and often found refuge in these pastimes. In 1957, Hansen enlisted in the United States Army Reserve and served for one year before being discharged. I just want to say, for all our young listeners out there, if you are struggling with women, especially when you're in high school, the this is top 100% always works. Go up to them when they're in their group of friends and just whip your dick out. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I may have worked for you, man. <laughs> no. You got to have a big dick for that to work. If you went out the two inch, whip out the two inch destroyer, they're just gonna laugh at you. <laughs> two inch destroyer. <laughs> he later worked as an assistant drill instructor at a police academy in Pocahontas, Iowa. There, he began a relationship with a younger woman and later married her in the summer of 1960. See, there is always hope. Can you imagine? You will always find somebody that will marry you, especially if you kill a bunch of people. There you go. Can you imagine having him as a drill instructor? Come on, guys, do some. Push-ups. Come on, guys! <laughs> what? Why aren't you guys listening to me? 
He later worked as an assistant drill instructor at a police academy in Pocahontas, Iowa. There, he began a relationship with a younger woman and later married her in the summer of 1960. You know what's really funny about this? Uh, right after this part is when he gets arrested. He gets arrested for burning down his old high school's uh, bus garage. He was so pissed at everybody because he was he was basically sought as an outcast. He was a loner. No one wanted to hang out with him to, and talk to him. So, like, his way of getting revenge is going to his dad's bakery, being like, Hey, guy behind the counter, can you please help me burn down my old school's garage? And they, they got they, – they teamed up, they burned it down, and he went immediately to jail for arson. Do you think he said, hey, yeah? <laughs> While he was in prison. <laughs> fucking stop. Robert was diagnosed with manic depressive disorder, or what we know today as being bipolar. Oh. He also suffered from schizophrenic episodes and what his psychiatrist diagnosed as infantile personality. I got super excited because I just got diagnosed with major depression disorder. But not that. <laughs> this, is, this is 1980s where like everything was either uh, you're depressed Schiz- yeah. or schizophrenic. Like that's what you got. That's the spectrum you're working with here. I don't know. I'm kind of sad. Are you hearing voices? <laughs> Just Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> Asylum. Barry, be a man. <laughs> this caused him to have his desire for control and domination, and thoughts of making those he targeted suffer. Robert was obsessed with getting vengeance on the people that he believed had wronged him, which later became the reason for his downfall. In 1963, Robert married again to another woman named Darla, who was a devout Christian and a teacher. For a while, this relationship seemed to be a turning point for Robert, though he was still arrested a few times for petty theft. The couple eventually moved to Anchorage, Alaska, where Robert soon opened and operated his own bakery, following in his father's footsteps. So this is a huge change for me because it went from Iowa to Alaska. Yep. So you're telling me you never wanted to come open to Alaska? Well, what happened was I mean, he, yes, he basically got pushed out of town for all the bullshit he was doing to, you know, the citizens and all. You know, he had a reputation, kind of like Rasputin. He wanted to go away. Like, fuck everybody else. I'm going away. I'm going to start anew. But when, call back. When, they, when they pushed him. You know how, like, with the puppy, you just kind of do, like, a little scoot with your hands? That's what they're like. Just, just, just leave. Get out of here. We don't want you. Just, just go away. Okay, guys. I'll see you later. Bye, everybody. I'm going to miss you. I'll be back. God, this guy's so fucking annoying. Oh, uh, dude, you have no idea. Doing fucking, like, what? how long did I work on this? Uh, I did, a, I did like, two days of straight research trying to find everything. And by, like, hour number two or three, I just wanted to blow my fucking brains out. Because of how annoying this fucking dude was. Let me sign a life insurance policy on you first before you do that. <laughs> Damn. Damn. <laughs> Whatever, man. Someone needs to prosper about my uh, untimely death. John well, since we're not getting paid for this, might as well. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> man. I'm just kidding. I love you, Sue. <laughs> what a rough day for you. We've been shutting you uh, all day. Okay. I've seen him for almost an hour and just... 60 minutes of sass. <laughs> I've told you to go to your room, what, five times now? Oh, Jesus Christ. And how many You're times the... did you listen? So which None. one are you the mom? Which one are you the mom in this Jake, relationship? Jake. Oh, come Aww. on. Jake gets to be the mom. Aww. Robert and Darla soon expanded their family and welcomed two children while they were getting their uh, footing in, Ale- in Anchorage. To his neighbors, Robert seemed to be an average Joe and was shockingly popular amongst them. He was still extremely awkward and shy, and the ladies still weren't a fan of him, but his popularity wasn't centered around his social skills. His sociable saving grace was all about how good of a hunter he actually was, good enough to even set local records for his hunting achievements. 
Robert appeared in hunting magazines for a sharp shooting in 1971. He even achieved a world record for killing the biggest dull sheep ever with a bow. Robert's family wasn't the only family drawn to the beautiful state of Alaska. In the 1970s, the 800-mile Trans-Alaska oil pipeline was at the height of its construction during this time, and its building brought a variety of people to this area. I could honestly see this guy going to, like, a petting zoo with a bow and arrow and fucking shooting sheep. <laughs> Mummy, you got that. <laughs> hey, guys, check out this fucking sheep over here. It's got to be, like, a fucking world record pulls out bow, shoots it. I'm a champion. <laughs> Can you imagine just a kid? Mommy, look at this. Oh, my God. <laughs> just gutting it there. Here, kids, here's the balls. <laughs> Jesus, fuck. <laughs> hey, that was the... That was, uh... Personally, as a de- as a deer hunter, that was a, a ritual. As you kill your first deer, that you had to take a bite out of the heart. Oh, I thought you were oh, saying yeah. the balls. Some people, why. some people would make you eat <laughs> those, but mine, mine was instead of cooking the heart, you had to take a bite out of it. Yeah, raw. and then you take the blood and smear it on your face. Yeah, I know. What kind of fucking? <laughs> I don't. I didn't get that far into the cult. <laughs> hey, listen, I've never been deer hunting. I just hear rumors. <laughs> Wait, what, this is nineteen seventy. Yeah. Who the fuck goes out and hunts a sheep? That that was my point. He probably went to a fucking petting zoo while everybody was there during the day with the crossbow and just shot the thing point blank. Like, I've never seen a sheep in a zoo though. You've never seen a sheep at a zoo. No. Have you ever gone to a zoo? I have. Yeah, I've never seen a sheep. I thought you were gonna say I have not. (laughs) No, no, no. I have not though. Found your problem. (laughs) (laughs) I thought a doll sheep was just a female mountain goat. Fuck, I don't know. Probably. I thought a doll sheep was just a born sheep. <laughs> I've never been to Alaska. I think you're the only person in this room that's been to Alaska. It's beautiful. Yeah. Why'd you come back? Because it costs too much up there. It's true. That's fair. Uh, when the pipeline came into Alaska, pimps, prostitutes, exotic dancers, and drug dealers also made their way to Alaska. Hey, that's all of us. Seeking to make a quick buck off the backs of the construction workers they pursued. One of these migrants who moved to Alaska was 17-year-old Cindy Paulson. Cindy. (laughs) That's my. Cindy had moved to Anchorage with her boyfriend. (laughs) That was your dad. (laughs) (laughs) Father, help. Hold on a sec. So, like, back in in grade school, like, um, Gary Paulson, the author, he wrote Hatchet. Yeah. I was told by my teacher. No. That's Ratchet. You're ratchet. I told my teachers and all my classmates, I'm like, yeah, he's my uncle. And they're like, no shit. I'm like, yeah, it's probably the same, see? And they're like, you're serious? I'm like, yeah. I see him like once a year. I'm like, no shit. I was I, like, yeah, dude. I, I told everybody that my family was part of the Campbell Soup family line because they kept calling me Soup. So I was like, yeah, man, my my family owns Campbell Soup. What, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm in Danville, Illinois right now. <laughs> the only famous Zimmerman incident that happened recently was oh. the George Zimmerman. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I stayed away from that yeah, one. <laughs> I was in touch with that one with a 10-foot fall. <laughs> Fuck, I almost had it. Aw, oh, shit, what the- Get the fuck out of the way! Hey, fuck you, man, I'm trying to skate here. Hey, man, fuck. what's wrong? Dude, there's nowhere good to fucking skate. I keep busting my ass on, like, concrete and sidewalks. I'm just tired of it, dude. I hate this town. Why don't you go to Hollywood? Hollywood? What the hell is that? It's an all-action, sports-friendly, 8,000-square-foot indoor skate park in Dubuque, Iowa, with 2,000 of that in a separate area, which can also be used for party rentals. Open six days a week, and we'll be doing an all-age show coming up here in the near future. Oh, shit, man. Thanks. I might have to check that out. Yeah, they're at 3125 Cedar Crest Ridge B. And when you go there, use the code MISFORTUNATE for a half-off lesson or $5 off a day pass, which is normally $20.
Oh, thank God they have lessons. I can't skate with shit. Hey, me too. Nice. Cindy had moved to Anchorage with her boyfriend and to make money working as a prostitute and dancer. It was in this occupation where Cindy met a shy, tongue-tied small man named Robert Hansen. On June 13, 1983, Robert pulled up in his car alongside of the road where Cindy stood. He offered her $200 to get in the car with him. She hesitated knowing better than to trust a strange man wanting to take her somewhere. Cindy eventually gave, gave in and got in the car. But in that moment, she knew her gut feeling had been right. Robert immediately pulled out a gun and forced her into handcuffs. Under the threat of being shot, Cindy operate or cooperated as Robert drove her to his home in Muldoon, Alaska. Once at his house, Robert chained Cindy up by her neck to, in his basement and proceeded to torture and assault her. To Cindy's shock, Robert felt so at ease with everything going on with the kidnapping, he eventually took a nap on the couch next to her. When Robert woke up, as if unable to help himself and he, his need to break, he began to show her some of the hunting trophies he had won. What an insufferable fucking nerd. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Can you imagine after all that? He goes, this is the sheep that I shot at the petting zoo. <laughs> Have you guys seen this trophy I got? Look at my name. It's right there. It says it right there. Can you read it? Yeah, that's me. I'm not allowed to go back, but this is a pretty cool trophy, isn't it? <laughs> Quit torturing me. <laughs> this is the same zookeeper. <laughs> <laughs> Cindy quickly realized that uh, that if he was allowing her to see his house in real name, that he had planned to kill her. She knew she had to escape, and it was only a matter of time and chance. Eventually, Robert forced Cindy back into his car and took her to the local Merrillfield Airport, where he had his own plane waiting to take them to his remote cabin in the Kinnick River. As Robert loaded the plane, he told Cindy not to move from where he left her, sitting in the front seat and restrained, or he would shoot her. But when he turned his back, Cindy realized that this was likely her only chance to escape alive. So she took off running. Unbeknownst to Robert, before taking her escape, she cleverly hid her blue sneakers in his car's back seat in order to later prove that she had been taken in the vehicle. Barefoot and handcuffed, Cindy ran for the nearest street. Robert chased, screaming at her and brandishing his gun, but she flagged down a nearby truck before he caught her. The driver was shocked to see the disheveled woman running for her life and welcomed her into his truck. Seeing that Cindy was gone, Robert ran back to his car, abandoning his planned flight, and took off. Security guard at the airfield hadn't seen the ordeal with Cindy, but did watch Robert speeding away and thought it was pretty odd and wrote down the license plate. The truck driver tried to convince Cindy to go to the police, but after being in Robert's clutches for five hours, she was too traumatized. She asked to be dropped off at the Mush Inn, where she begged the clerk at the desk to call her boyfriend at the Big Timber Motel where he was staying. Meanwhile, shortly after dropping Cindy off, disturbed by the barefoot and handcuffed girl he had just saved, the truck driver called the police to report what he'd seen. Imagine, though. Imagine that happening. You get a girl, runs up to your truck, handcuffed, is disheveled in Alaska, first off. She was barefoot, <laughs> had, you know, ta probably tattered clothes. I'm sure he, like, fucked with her a little bit. You know, I'm sure there was some sort of assault. You know, no pants. No, Let's just assume. No pants, torn up shirt, no shoes, handcuffed, running through Alaska, probably cold as fuck. Like, ah, and you see that as a truck driver, what would, what would your first impression be? Like, oh, some crazy hinky, hinky shit's going on right now? Or Well, I guess maybe it could have been, like, if there wasn't handcuffs, you could have maybe thought she got lost in the wilderness. It would have been a little easier to get away with or a little harder to prove because then the only proof would have been her shoes see that is see and, and like what's crazy is you have moments where like um where this happens to other serial killers like jeffrey dahmer who we plan on covering at some point jeffrey dahmer had one of his uh victims escape from his uh apartment building and he was able to find cops covered in blood naked handcuffed 
And the cops were like, oh, this is just a lover's quarrel. Here you go. So, I mean, like, I mean, I'm sure you've come across moments where you're like, not my problem. You know, I'm just going to keep going. But, I mean, that's probably one of them where you'd probably stop, right? And the only thing that really saved the Jeffrey Dahmer thing was because homosexuality. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Because no one wanted to touch. (laughs) Yeah. Back in the 70s, you're like, homosexuality. I'm like, all right, that's all you. I don't want to catch the gay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, this guy wanted to take this girl to a cabin for the weekend, have a nice little getaway. But all she wanted to do was hike. The audacity. What are you fucking talking about? This guy wanted to take her to the cabin, right? You fly her out to a cabin in the middle of nowhere, have a nice little getaway weekend. But then she just ran away. Hold on. We got to pause this shit because he <laughs> has not been listening this entire time. <laughs> okay. No. Jake. Jake. <laughs> Jacob. No. Nah, anything he says, we got we to gotta keep in right now. Okay, so what happened was no, no, no. Let yeah, him no. talk. Okay. Let him talk. Let he him talk. drove her to the, the airport, right? He's gonna fly her out to the cabin, right? No, he had already been to the cabin. He had already been to the cabin. They're getting on the plane to go to the wilderness, so he could drop oh, her off. Oh, the cabin was on the wilderness. Okay, my bad. That was my bad. No, 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 no. The cabin was when he was showing off the trophies. The thought cabin was, was where in, the torture. Thought was that at. was in town. That was my no, bad. no, no. We're gonna probably have to cut this part out. Yeah, because, cut that out because that's. That yeah. was my bad. We're and he's get, like, took gonna... her out for a nice, <laughs> nice holiday <laughs> vacation like, in the woods. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> like, what the hell has this man been hearing this whole time? <laughs> we don't kink shame, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm shaming fucking shamed. ears no, right I now. Had it, Jesus um, Christ. I heard it differently. I didn't do a whole lot of research on that, but I heard it differently. So. No, 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 no. He pulled up, offered her $200 to get in the car. The second she got in, he pulled out a gun and said, you're coming with me. Drove her up to the cabin. Uh, assaulted her i thought he took her to her house and then he took like was going to the cabin no 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 no. he assaulted her chained her up by her neck in his um cabin and then the next day he drove her down to the airport he was going to take her out into the wilderness of anchorage because it's fucking massive like uh so he was going to drop her off and then let her go and then hunt her down like a fucking wild animal that's his mo so i heard it backwards then okay yeah the Anchorage police had tracked Cindy to the motel. They had found her alone, distressed, still handcuffed. Cindy described what had happened to her, telling the police that Robert Hansen had taken her. She had, was able to describe his car, his house, the gun, even able to show them the plane he had planned to use. But despite all that, the police were skeptical. They knew Robert as the local baker, where he would offer them free desserts and coffee any time they came in. The officers were fond of Robert, and so even with the massive amount of damning evidence... They chose to give him the benefit of the doubt. They contacted Robert when Cindy identified him, but he claimed that she was lying about the extent of what happened between them because he had refused to pay her for her services. With his unassuming, shy, small stature, and reputation as a family man and friendly hunter, Robert convinced the police of his innocence with no empathy or support for Cindy at all. Likely due to her occupation, her case went cold. And sadly, crimes such as these ones like Sydney had experienced, weren't uncommon in the area. In fact, during this time, disappearances and murders seemed to be rampant. All right, so a fun fact about this. Um, fun fact of the day uh, is that back in, these, back in the 80s, sex workers, prostitutes, uh, black people, anything within those realms of If you weren't victims, a white man that was straight. Yeah, if you weren't a white man that was straight, at this point in time, you were considered the less dead. The cops would put very minimal effort into finding where you were because you in their eyes, you're just a runaway. You're you're this, you're that. You're not a human being in their in, in their eyes at this point in time. Wait, back then, like now, it's a lot harder to get away with that. You can't it's if you can sweet talk your way out of like back then, if you could sweet talk your way, if you had a good reputation, they could they could have you 
on video murdering the person and you'll still get the benefit of the doubt well what's what's crazy about this story is that when she when the truck driver went to the cops and she cooperated everything that she had that the truck driver said that was going on with robert she had also during the time of her escape she took one of her shoes off and shoved it underneath the seat to show that she had actually been in the car during this period so like when they came to question Robert. He was just like, I have no idea what they were talking about. What What do you mean? There's a shoe in my way? I don't know what you're talking about. And, like, all signs point to this guy fucking is a serial killer, and the cops just turned a blind eye. I mean, between the cops being so negligent during this whole fiasco and the fact that he is just an insufferable fucking nerd, I just – the story drove me fucking bananas. So uh, they didn't search his car – they they searched the plane when they first uh, investigated it. They had called him. She had described his car and showed the plane. But uh, she showed the plane. But they so they didn't go look for the car. They just called him after she had identified him and said, mm. "Yo, she's uh, blaming you for this shit. What do you got to say?" And then they just let it off the hook. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't me. All right, I believe it. Right, cool. <laughs> Thanks for the donuts. Yeah, pretty fucking much. Detective Glenn Floth. Uh, an Alaskan state trooper was a part of an investigative team looking into a string of murders surrounding the Anchorage area. The first body had been found on the side of the Eklatuna Road by a construction site for the pipeline and was later dubbed the Eklatuna Annie because her identity was never uncovered. Following this, Joanne Messina's body was found in a gravel pit and a partially buried foot was found near the Kinnick River, which later led to the police to the hidden body of a 23-year-old Sherry Morrow. With three bodies all with similar injuries from a Ruger Mini-14 rifle, Floth believed that there was a serial killer living in the area, targeting the most vulnerable women as all of the victims were prostitutes or dancers, who many authorities across the U.S. refer to as the less dead. Yeah, so uh, we wanted to go ahead and clarify because this is our first episode doing serial killers. There are three red flags. Obviously, we weren't able to get much of his childhood. I mean, he was bullied. He was picked on. Uh, The three red flags that you have whenever it comes to a serial killer is pissing the bed at a later age, arson and danger to uh, hurting animals. There are four classifications for serial killers, thrill seeker, missionary oriented, visionary killer and power control seekers. This guy is a missionary serial killer. He is killing these women for revenge on how he was as how he was treated as a child by his classmates. Requiring the help to catch the killer, Floth enlisted the help of the FBI. He created a criminal psychological profile to help him narrow down the suspects. FBI agent John Douglas, the real man behind the show Mindhunter, wrote a profile stating that the murderer had to be an experienced killer, someone with low self-esteem, a hatred for women, and could have a speech disorder such as a stutter. The profile also assumed that the killer would keep trophies from his victims. Floth created a list of suspects who matched the FBI profile, and worked through it until he came to Robert and Cindy's testimony against him. Unlike the other police, Floth had no trouble investigating Robert, and when Robert's home was finally searched, jewelry belonging to some of the victims was discovered. Behind his headboard, the police found an aeronautical chart covered in multiple X marks in more than 20 different places. When the investigators looked closer, they found that some of the Xs matched the spots where the three bodies were found leading them to head into the wilderness and search for the possibility of more. This dude is like a fucked up pirate. <laughs> like what? X marks the spot. Fucked yeah. up. Like imagine if this man's like this map, I buried my treasure here. Go find it. And it's just a fucking body. 
I, I, I've never understood, like, when somebody leaves clues to something that you're trying to hide. Like, what is the fucking point of that? Like, I've got it. I get that at some point you might want to go back and check on the body because, you know, people that commit a crime normally return to the scene because they're fucking stupid. But I just I, I don't get the trope behind this where it's like, I'm going to make a map. And that this is another part that I think makes him an insufferable nerd. He was very very meticulous about what he did and how he did things. And the whole map idea is the big fucking reason why he got caught and why he has 21 dead bodies on his fucking hands. Well, it, it, it's more along the lines of it's uh, for how, for the type of killer he is, he would use that as uh, a sexual release. You think so? He'd want, he'd want to visit the series of his crimes. He, that's why he had all the, that's why he had all of those trophies he could have like most some of them would have photos so they could look through it later. Yeah, yeah. Most most serial killers had trophies so they could relive those sexual moments because, you know, physical abuse can come into the picture where you're getting beaten and, and somehow that gets becomes your kink. So like like violence once violence gets entered into your body for a sexual kink, it is impossible to get it out. So this man, I'm sure he was definitely flying over, pointing down, going. I remember that spot. I killed and raped a dead body right there and, and half-ass buried it, you know, because they found three bodies that were barely dug up, dude. So do you think when he just, like, randomly found places in the wilderness and dug bodies, or was he trying to draw a picture, you think? Like a giant smiley face? Yeah, or, like, playing connect the dots kind Maybe of Maybe it was just where he killed them. Yeah. You know, I, if they, he flew them out like to he shot him them off. So he shot him dead right there, dug right there. Probably. Yeah. I don't think he probably dug much of any kind of hole or it it did any kind of extra work other than digging them a shallow grave and being like, all right, peace out. I'm going back home to my wife and kids. He it's doesn't like, seem like the type of guy to do a lot of manual labor. No. That's, it's yeah, like he, he already had the trophies from the jewelry and stuff, so it's not like he needed the trophy. Like he needed a tro- like a shoe or a lock of hair and stuff. He already had something to remember it by. So I that's why I believe that. It was X'd out is if he wanted to revisit it, he could. But at the same time, yeah, I believe wherever wherever they were, wherever he killed them, that was it. Like, that was where they went. I, I don't Dude, underst- Alaska's nuts. I don't understand why you'd make it as obvious as a fucking X yeah, on I don't a map. Know. They, like, made it, they made it really obvious with all the evidence before, and he still got away with it. I mean, like, just him in general. Like, if I, if, if I was committing a crime like that, I would be, like, subtle. I'm like, okay, if I have a map of the area... I'm going to draw, like, a tiny little star on where they're at. So, like, if somebody sees it, they're going to be like, what's this? I was like, well, I don't know. That's one of the spots I want to check out. I went fishing there. <laughs> yeah. There's no river there. <laughs> I went all right, all right. fishing. All right, Mason, since you have that on uh, audio, I need you to go ahead and clip that out and go ahead and send that to me just in case uh, Talon does something fucked up to me. I've got blackmail for the rest of my life. <laughs> Thank you, Talon. Oh, you think that's going to stop me? <laughs> oh, fuck me. <laughs> Steph's going to kill you for the fucking life insurance, man. <sighs> Move on. <laughs> hey guys, it's Tom with the Magic Wand from Misfortunate Media. If you made it this far in the episode, we stopped for a beer run, but check out our other shows, our deep dive show, Morning Cup of Chaos, our anime show, Now I Mention Everything, and our new show, Meta Misfortune. You can check us out on any streaming platform or anywhere you listen to your podcast. With each place they checked off the map, they uncovered more bodies. Four months after he had attacked Cindy, Robert was finally arrested. It was only then that the details of Robert's extensive crimes came to light. In December of 1971, Robert had been arrested on two separate occasions. The first being for abducting and attempting to an assault of a a housewife. And the second was an assault of a woman working as a prostitute. 
He had been sentenced to five years, but only served six months following these incidents. Robert began his killing spree in, this, in 1972. At first, Robert targeted any woman that caught his attention, but soon realized he was living in the perfect place for, his, for him to carry out his sadistic desires. Anchorage attracted many runaways, most of whom were young women seeking a place to make money. His targets became young, exotic dancers and prostitutes, usually between 16 and 19 years of age. Robert looked for women who were hard to track and often weren't noticed when they went missing. Because he worked long, irregular hours in the bakery, as well as being an avid hunter, his wife Darla was never alarmed by the odd times that he would leave their home. She never once suspected any of the dark, wicked acts her husband got up to while he was out. Robert had always thought of himself as a hunter. It was part of his identity that brought him the most pride. Because of this, he viewed his victims as the, uh, the most ultimate prey to hunt. He would force them to remote places, sometimes assaulting them beforehand, to then threatening to kill them if they were to tell the police. On other occasions, Robert would fulfill the sick fantasy that he had been nurturing since he was young. He would often release the women that he abducted in an isolated uh, part of the wilderness, such as the Connect River. Robert gained a deranged sense of satisfaction through the domination of his sick hunting games. He would play with his victims' minds, tricking them into believing they were right on the cusp of freedom, only to have it ripped from their grasp when he shot them down with his Ruger rifle in cold blood. In his mind, he was hunting these women, just like animals in the wild. For a decade, Robert went uncaught and unpunished for his horrific crimes. During the investigation, he was then branded the Butcher Baker. Under intense interrogation, he slowly admitted to each murder, totaling to 17 women, though only 12 bodies were ever found. He refused to admit to a number of X's on his chart and denied being the one that killed a number of the women whose bodies were recovered from the locations marked on the chart. His twisted explanation and attempted justifications are disturbing, to say the least. He reportedly told authorities that he was only killed bad girls. It would never hurt good women. In a chilling quote from his confession, Robert told officers that his thoughts of women saying, Every one of them became precious to me because I wanted their friendship. I wanted them to like me so much. So did he have a definition of a good and naughty girl? Yeah, the ones that wouldn't fuck him were good. Well, it's beca- like, look, look, at, look at him or... started out. He had the two arrests in Anchorage. He had a housewife and then the prostitute. So he learned from trying to abduct the housewife because people are going to come looking for her. But the prostitute and all the runaways, there's still a lot of runaways to Alaska. And it's that's the easy pickings. That's still an easy pickings now for drugs, for opioids, trafficking. You know what I mean? But back then it was easier. We they didn't have the amount of cameras, the amount of fingerprinting. You were able to talk your way out of shit. Like, hell, I got a speeding ticket just fucking this week by by a fucking camera. Oh, I, I mean, I, it fucking pinpointed my car and sent me a ticket. I mean, you don't gotta you pay those, huh? You don't gotta pay those. Oh, okay. Uh, but what? You don't gotta pay those. Who the fuck said that? I've heard by several people, like the ones like like cameras get you. You don't gotta pay them. Oh, okay. Don't gotta pay those, damn man. I mean, that's what I heard. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I know that that just threw that me just like a... threw me off this completely. <laughs> yeah, I know. You don't have to pay a fucking speeding ticket. Okay. Like what? Yeah. So we'll, um, we'll talk about this after. Yeah. What was the question again? You asked the question. What was the question? I said, "How does he define good and naughty girls?" I or naughty, like naughty. as 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 uh, Tom was saying, basically any girl that would get into his car that was doing the kind of you know prostitution work, sex work, so their job, their job, 
those were naughty girls that needed to be, you know, taken off. So, well, it's it, like it's because sorry to cut you off. No, you're fine. Well, it's uh, it's because like that the the sex act is still seen as that is a sacred that is something you do with your husband, and so a lot like a lot of people believe that that is what's killing our country or our like our societies the fact that sex work is such a high high thing and now it's getting even higher with the uh evaluate like you know what i mean it's a we're in a different time frame but back then it was prostitutes and pimps like that was mm-hmm. it you had dancers and at, the, at that point in time it was anybody that wanted to be in it so that's that's what you would look at as if you're not living the white collar dream of america you're bad gotcha yeah it's kind of it's funny but not funny how in like 60 years we haven't changed because everybody who says prostitutes are bad they just got done fucking a prostitute cheating on their wife and they went out on public said prostitution's bad yeah look at all the fucking lawmakers and government officials <laughs> so robert had also detailed his bizarre and disgusting selection process for his victims saying that he would go to bars and wait for dancers to make the first move robert said that he didn't look down on the dancers they were just trying to make a quick buck but once a woman propositioned him he felt like they were no longer a decent girl and sadly would choose them for his next victim with little remorse though he admitted to assaulting 30 women and likely killing 17 to 21 others he was only convicted for four of the murders as part of the deal to avoid 17 separate trials, the butcher baker was sentenced to serve 461 years in prison, plus life without possibility of parole. During Robert's trial, Cindy stayed with a friend in a safe house. Following his conviction, Cindy left Anchorage, got married, had three children. She was the only one of Robert's victims who he intended to kill that escaped his hold. Because of her, he was caught, and in 2014, Robert died at the age of 75 as a result of lingering health problems. He died uh, actually where all this bullshit started in Anchorage, Alaska. He was traveled. He was sent, I believe, back to Iowa where he served most of his term and then came back and died in Alaska uh, Anchorage prison. Most of his term. Sentence. Most of his sentence. sentence. Yeah. You was it his sentence like 436 years? I'm just saying. 61. I don't. 61. I'm going to put this. I'm going to put this out right now uh, on our first serial killer episode. I don't understand judges that that put. 460 some odd years See, because well, that implies there's a second life it's because um it's 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 a safeguard because if there's some states that if you're on good behavior you can cut your sentence by a percentage so if let's say you're in jail for 10 years for i don't know yeah but why don't you just say life, life without parole yeah. bang the gavel and call it a day because a if there's a law in the future that can do something it's, it's, it's just it's the wording of it yeah because back in the day, because like, they could, I'm sorry, Talon, go ahead. Like back in the day, they used to hang somebody, and if they survived, then they, that people were saying that's God's way of, of of proving you're innocent. That's why they changed it, hang till dead. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just the wording to Say like, cover their ass. Yeah, later down the road, there could be no life imprisonment. Like Brazil, there is no life imprisonment. Yeah, <laughs> there's a guy who had a heart attack and died in prison and got re- got revived like four minutes later. Therefore, he served his life in prison and then tried fighting the judges to get uh, his life parole off. Did it work? No. 
okay. Of course, of course not. Yeah. Absolutely that, irrelevant. Not, nice. Not, I mean, not in the American justice system. I mean, kudos on him for being like, I died. Like, I, I served my life. I mean, he's not wrong. Uh, I, I'd do the same fucking thing. He fought I, with three judges about it. They still, all said, like, they're like, eh, no. I, I still don't fully agree with it. I, I feel like once once that gavel gets hit and you say life in, uh, life in prison without parole, there it is. Call it done. You don't need... But you're going to serve 10,856 years of this prison. You just wasted, like, so much breath. Well, I'm just saying that time frame. Little it's, word, do it's more It's the same meaning. as, like, death sentences. I don't, so I don't I can, agree in the death sentence. Neither do I, but, like, let's say, I, I don't know, an off state. Like, I, I think Texas has a death sentence. But mm-hmm. let's say um, Jake did something, shocker, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, Jake, <laughs> death sentence, gavel bang. And then three years later, Texas gets rid of their death sentence. And then he's, he's off the hook. He's, he's, what he's if I was I mean, he, he'll, he'll, they, then they'll redo the trial. I don't know if they'll redo the entire trial, but they'll redo the sentencing and probably just change it. Life. They might look at it time served yeah. because there's no more death sentence. Robert Hansen was Alaska's most notorious serial killer. His savage crimes became amused for the content such as The Frozen Ground, a 2013 film starring Nicolas Cage and John Cusack, and even an episode of Criminal Minds where they had depicted his crimes. So at the end of all this, at the end of all, like, he, he could have stopped from killing. He could have been stopped from killing a good majority of these women if if the police officers at the time would have taken Cindy more seriously, even though she was a prostitute. It's well, like whether, whether, whether she you're wasn't, a prostitute she wasn't, or not. She wasn't his first victim. This was, like, near the end of his road. I mean, like, after she had gone to confess... He had already killed most of those people. I mean, like, majority, like, maybe 20 people. Like, because after the cops had come down on him, he had to play it cool. Because he obviously had some sort of eyes going on him. Like, we had a, a suspicious report, even if he is in our good graces. Like, most of these are most of these crimes and deaths happened before this. So, he, like, either way, he would have done this. I, I feel like he should have... I don't know. Started taking out his evidence, you know, all the the fly, the the map, the jewelry, and this is just, and if I was in his shoes, this is not me supporting what he fucking did because what <laughs> he did was a not. goddamn monster. All right, <laughs> we might make fun of the serial killers on here. We do not victim blame the women or the men that have been hurt in any way on these serial killer topics. We are fully making fun of the serial killers themselves because fuck those guys and they deserve to rot in fucking hell. But um, as, as a as a as a whole, there are so many things he could have done. There are so many things he could have done, should have done, could have done, but didn't. And because of that, he served his entire life in prison like a fucking animal. Well, at the same time, like imagine, do I believe that he would have been caught regardless? No, he like, wouldn't like, have been. Like, well, well, think about it. They the FBI were already investigating three of the murders without knowing who he was prior. The only reason they knew who he was because was because of the police report filed for Cindy, for Cindy against him. That was a that was a red flag on his on his. That was the court. main. That was the main reason. That was the only reason they were able to get a a, a warrant. Though you can't just go off of he fits the profile. I'm going to search his house. The only reason they were able to get the warrant was because of the uh, charge from Cindy. True. Be like this. This guy's already assaulting. We're just checking him out, and then they found the evidence. You know what I mean? The fact that he kept all like the the souvenirs. That's what every serial killer does. Yeah. It's it, it is a it is a, a, a way to relive that moment. It's a kind of a it's kind of a way for them to 
go longer without doing it again. Have you, have you, do you have, okay, let's say you've had a girlfriend. I mean, obviously you're married now. Congratulations. We already did it on the last episode. We already congratulated you. You're a piece of shit. Uh, So uh, we, okay. Whenever you have like something from your wife, like a, a gift from your wife, because it was Monday and you're able to hold on to that gift. You're telling me you don't look at that and go, I remember when that happened. And I you get to relive like that I, moment for for a couple seconds, right? Yeah, I left her a note one morning, bought her pizza, and like, I left her a note. And she put the note like next to her, her nightstand. She goes to bed or wakes up in the morning, she sees it. So I guess it's, I see How that. How romantic. Yeah, Lex did the same thing. Kind of nice sometimes. But. She put a little post-it note in like my lunchbox. She goes, I love you, and I have that in my wallet. Yeah. It's a so little thing, boy. Those, <laughs> those, those little moments, those little moments are exactly the same thing a serial killer is trying to do with those items that they take off of your dead body. They're reliving that exact second, that feeling of joy that you get when you see that. That is what they get, but sexually okay, so from it, their victims. The next time that we go to the bars together and you do something stupid like fall down the stairs again, I'm going to cut some of your hair off and keep it in my pocket. I'm like, <laughs> tie up on the stairs. So Remember this fucking night? That's a, com- <laughs> that's a completely different way of it. Okay, so you, you it, took you took from but... something that, like, Carissa, <laughs> you, you wrote Carissa a note, right? Yeah. You wrote your, your wife a note. And now she she keeps it because she she wakes up she looks at it makes her smile she knows you love her. The thing for for that is it's the way that they feel that, the only way they feel the happiness the the uh, dopamine is to follow the brutality of their crimes because they're dead to, inside. To relive that Same. is the only way for them to feel normal, and for us yeah. that normal is fucked up. A true sociopath has no emotions. They are dead on the inside. They do everything they can to to look like and feel like us. I don't. I feel like I said that in a really weird way. But you're not wrong, though. But yes, because they they have no emotions. They don't feel joy and all this other shit. They have to find ways to pretend and do all this other stuff until they get to you know to relive those sexual fantasies and those those moments of a pure bliss and joy because obviously if it didn't bring them joy they wouldn't you know continue killing people would they no but i don't i don't to, to go back to tom's fucking uh question i don't think that he would have been found i don't i don't think he would have been found at all i think he would have kept going if cindy hadn't come out and and been a and a been a survivor of this man i do not think from the bottom of my heart, after doing all the research, I do not think this man would have been caught. Oh, probably not. No, she is a fucking hero. You don't to think the story? You don't think there's another girl that would eventually been like no. be, that? Because they all they said was Cindy had been in situations similar to that. So and most prostitutes around that time had been similar, had been in the same situations before. He, so you're telling me that somebody wouldn't notice this man's taking me in the middle of nowhere, threatening to kill me right now, but he's threat he's gonna kill me anyway later you're both right because he he wouldn't have been caught but the longer you do it you're more susceptible to making mistakes like ted bundy hey everybody this is diabetic daddy from misfortunate media this podcast is sponsored by better help without a healthy mind being truly happy and at peace is hard the good news is therapy works but what is therapy exactly it's whatever you want it to be maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help or maybe you're feeling insecure in a relationship or at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. 
It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. Special offer to Misfortunate Media listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash misfortunate. That's betterhelp.com slash misfortunate. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Say, say the line. Can I say the line? Can I say the line? Okay, so you, you, you change the tire. Dude, I fucking I love Ted Bundy. <laughs> all right? I love learning about Ted Bundy. I love learning about Ted Bundy. He is one of my favorite serial killers to learn about, to we do know. any kind of research. When we when we cover Ted Bundy, we are going to have to do like two or three fucking episodes on this guy because that's how much I fucking know about him. So what Ted Bundy said was, you know how you change a tire? A tire iron, the lug nuts, the the wheel itself, the spare, you know where everything is. After the 300,000th time of changing that tire, do you know where everything's at? No, you're just going through the fucking motions at this point in time, just like when you're at work. You just put shit together. You don't even fucking know you're doing it at this point in time. And by the time you're done, you look down and go, wow, it's done. That is the same exact thing serial killers go through. They get complacent and they get... um, used to a routine of how things go and if one thing isn't in line they're not going to notice because they're going through the motions at this point in time so it's like muscle memory kind of stuff exactly and that's why i said i think i think this alaskan bullworm bullshit is he <laughs> <laughs> he, he would have been he would have been he would have had a lot more victims but he would have eventually gotten caught because he it's 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 repeated with every serial killer they they um what's the word ramp up yeah, they have a they have a ramp up where uh, it's called the berserker mode, where they they ramp up yeah. so hard that they just they start making tiny mistakes because they're so uh, they think that they're immune to the law at this point in time. Like because the if they haven't been getting... caught yep. now, they're not going to be caught ever. Like he could he could have went from he could have went from one a day to all of a sudden. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try I'm gonna try two this one time. Mm-hmm. Exactly, like, I, I got the power. I got away with all of this already. Exactly. Like he could have went up to two, and then that could have got him caught because one could have got away, one could have not. Exactly. You know what I mean? It, and and I'm, I wasn't saying like what the girl after Cindy would have been his caught. Like he could have he could have killed hundreds of more. Like he he could have because at that time. And I'm sorry, putting it into the wilderness of of Alaska, it is very easy to lose something. Yep. It because is very easy to hide anything. I think uh, I forget how because obviously Alaska is our biggest state. I forget the the statistic of how it was. I think it was like one person per like fifty square miles or something like yeah, that. It's like it's like almost ridiculous. What I used so when I I stayed in Anchorage, Alaska, in a hotel just just to get to my buddy's house to the nearest town took an hour to get there. You wanted to go to the next closest town, you're taking two to three hours. I would I would drive. I drove four hours to another town and didn't see anything. All we, there was just straight wilderness. Yeah, and that's the woods he was dropping these people off. And the reason, to go back to the, the, the previous debate, the, the reason why I believe that he would not have been caught is because at this point in time, forensic and profiling was just coming out. Like, this is... You have the man who wrote the book on serial killers profiling this guy. I mean, if they wouldn't have caught him at the point they did, he would have kept going. He would have kept going and he would not have been stopped because you're not searching in the woods of Alaska for fucking dead bodies. You're not. It's there's too much. Yeah. There's too much. Well, that's what they were doing though. That's what they were like, like they could have kept searching because he had a he had an obviously a comfortable dump area. He had a he had a certain area where he would dump him. 
Exactly. Because he had he had his like he, like you said he had his cabin in the, in an area, and he would probably only dump the bodies or bury them within a certain area or within some areas that only hunters would go to. So well, what he would do is he would bring them from the cabin to the plane, and then he would fly them even further. So there was no telling. I mean, what this map looked like, how how many miles or distance from each body there was. I mean, his kill his kill ground could have been fucking but massive. Dude. You also got to like if if it wouldn't have been as massive, otherwise he wouldn't have kept X's on every single body because it would have been too hard to try and visit every like if he wanted to visit a specific one he and he had to go like balls deep into the wilderness it would have been really hard to it would have it would have taken a lot more time just to visit instead of killing somebody else My, so why mark the x's anyway uh, it's probably just a, a reliving i feel moment. like i feel like he would have got away with a couple of more but he it wouldn't have been like never ending he would have never got caught he would have eventually got caught oh, yeah. if it was a slip up like he would have killed he would have killed a lot more and he like you said he would have had that ramp up but at the same time, for how sloppy he already was, he was like eventually he would have to get caught anyway because That's... he wasn't like the the airfield had his license plate. He already had a like say the Cindy thing never even came to the airfield. Still, he still had the license plate with the airfield. Like somebody somebody taking a plane regularly to and fro, leaving with somebody and not coming back would eventually get noticed. True, and it's gotten to the too. point where there are some serial killers that they'll they'll do everything under the radar they'll get away with it and then once the cops get on their trail they start panicking and they're like i gotta do more and more and more and that's like how a lot of them get caught i believe it takes a lot like uh for us normally it takes a lot to keep your emotions at a level you know what i mean and if you don't feel the emotion once you feel it there's no st- once that rage hits there's no stopping it you You're don't done. have you don't have you don't have the be- uh, ability to calm yourself down to think rationally they don't have that obla obligata the obla the what? The Ubla Ablagata. That's why the alligator's so ornery. That's why the alligator's so ornery, because they ain't got no toothbrush. They got all them teeth and no toothbrush. It took you a minute. Uh, I saw the cogs running. Dubla Ablagata. Dubla Ablagata. Yeah, okay, that's the word. It means for no it. worries. <laughs> so I just want to take a couple of minutes to talk about the show and what we're doing right now. We have a YouTube going on right now. Uh, we are going to be doing a full group Twitch stream playing Seven Days to Die for PTSD and mental health awareness. We are going to be donating all the proceeds to these charities. So give us your fucking money. <laughs> money me now. And then uh, after that, we are doing an interview with the band Modeling from uh, Arkansas. They are fantastic. If you have not checked them out, please check them out on Spotify. They're amazing. Arkansas. The, the band is called Modeling. Uh, we're going to be interviewing them on June 19th. Uh, we have uh, an interview with the band Mutilated by Zombies coming up. And then we also have an interview with Eric Cobra from uh, Champaign, Illinois. Uh, that will be probably near the end of July, I believe. That's when we set that up. Uh, but also we have a our Twitch stream, which is uh, Misfortunate Media. Go ahead and check, follow, whatever you do with Twitch. I don't really know. I've never... I've I've used Twitch once for a mod in Minecraft. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I'm not I'm not tech savvy, but we're gonna figure this out, okay? We're gonna do some trial runs. Yep. So. Yeah, we've been we've we've already been knocking shit out just to try it. The YouTube channel, uh, we did our last episode, the Yu Haka Show. We did a trial run with that with our video camera. 
Obviously, we fucked that up because it's not posted. <laughs> <laughs> so we're working on it. We're working on it. We're working on it, definitely. Uh, we have more serial killers and more research that we're going to be doing on this show. Uh, Mom has got some great stories lined up. Fucking to talk about anything other than Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. I cannot fucking wait till this shit's over with. <laughs> shit. Yeah. It's never gonna be. Uh, <laughs> we walked into that Under one. Bird. Come on. Amber turd. Yeah, I, 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 honestly, honestly, it's been all it's been nonstop playing at my house and I'm so ready for it to be over. Uh and then anime, I don't know what we're covering next. Uh we just did an awesome episode of Yu Haka Show. I've listened to it like five times already. It's pretty fucking good. Initial D. Good anime. I started watching it. No, anime. actually, uh for anime, I'm taking control and we're gonna oh, talk no. about the animes uh, I watch. Hey, None Gil. of them. South Park. Hey, That's not an anime. Hey, it's King of the Hill. That is Texas anime. <laughs> All right. Fuck everything these guys are listeners stating <laughs> off right now. Fuck everything. But I cannot thank you guys enough for checking us out. Don't forget to look at our Patreon. We got a Patreon up. It's Men of Misfortune. Uh, email us if you have a topic that you want us to cover at menofmisfortune at gmail.com. Anything else, boys, that I'm missing right now? Help us help you help them by helping our sponsors to help us to help you to help us to help them it, what tal is trying to say <laughs> is check out our sponsors he is 100 percent right i honestly wish i had you for every single show i swear to god just for that one line <laughs> i'll help start us calling. to help them to help you to help us that yeah check out our sponsors better help code misfortunate we have our other sponsor hollywood right now we're working on getting other sponsorships into the studio with that, I am your fearless leader, Tyler Campbell. Why are you pointing at me? Why it doesn't go this way? It goes fucking. Oh, I'm always the last one. God I damn it! You joke. piece of shit. All right, I'm the rain and dipshit. Always fucking stuff up. I'm Jake. I am Tom with the propane bomb. I am your diabetic daddy, also known as the better fearless leader, Talon Zimmerman. <laughs> Fuck you, man. So I want to before I just leave always want you to remember listen to mom stay chaotic stay misfortune fuck fig newtons did you hear about the chameleon that couldn't change color no why he had reptile dysfunction <laughs> stay misfortune and always end listen the, to mom end the fucking show right now fuck and, fig newtons and we're fucking out boys <laughs> and there is your morning cup of chaos stay thirsty stay thirsty <laughs> Thank you.